I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, But We Loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high-speed stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I am Scott Benjamin. I'm the auto editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. And my name is Ben. I write some videos here at HowStuffWorks. And Scott, I got to say, we have made it through 2009. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back to you, my friend. This is our first episode that we're recording in 2010. Yeah, that may confuse some people. And we've got a couple episodes out there, but that's because we produce a little bit early. And uh, this is our first time back for the new year. So uh, happy new year. Or is it time travel? Could be time travel. We're we're not going to confirm or deny these accusations. <laughs> that's right. We've got the secret. Yeah, it's a it's a matter of national security. That's right. And that's why we have to keep it a secret. But another thing that we don't have to keep a secret about any longer is <laughs> today's topic. What is it, Scott? Today's topic is the Eisenhower Interstate System. The Eisenhower Interstate System. Yep. yep. Named yep. named after President Eisenhower. Correct. Correct. We've both done a little bit of research on this, so mm-hmm. it's uh, it's something we're both going to just kind of bat back and forth here with uh, some of the information that we've dug up about this. And um, basically, it's just the interstate system that joins our nation together, really. Now, I will completely level with everybody, including you, Scott. I am nuts about the interstate system. I have loved it since the day I had my first license, not even a license, a permit. I wasn't supposed to be on there, and I went. Really? See, I knew this was something that you were excited about because uh, today's topic is one that you came to me with and said, we have to talk about the interstate system. And I thought, well, that's a good idea because there's a lot of history there. Mm-hmm. But um, you truly are excited about it. Oh, right? yeah. It's not just the caffeine. I mean, okay, it's maybe 20% caffeine, <laughs> but the other 80%, my friend, is entirely, entirely fanatic excitement. Uh, let's talk about the history real quick, sure. and then we'll go into the modern era. So uh, superhighways really started in Germany, in the Autobahns in the 1930s. Mm-hmm. And Dwight D., or President Eisenhower, to those who don't know you him. Call, you call him first Dwight name. D. I call him Dwight D. Yeah, we um, go back. Good. Uh, so his fascination with the Autobahn was 
apparently one of the main contributing factors to the idea of building the interstate system in the United States. And so it really, let's see, the planning for it started around 1944. Congress said, okay, we can do this. But, you know, in the midst of World War II, it mm-hmm. wasn't until around 1956 that we really started putting the, putting the pedal to the metal on this. Well, that's because that's when he was actually in, in the office that he could do something about it, right? Absolutely. Um, now, I don't know how much info you got on this, but do you know his, uh, like his fascination with it from the very beginning? Do you know that? I got a quick synopsis of it. Let's hear want. it. I guess in 1919, um, he was part of the uh, part of the army. He was an army lieutenant colonel in 1919, and he he accompanied a military convoy across the United States. And he noticed it along the way, like, well, this is pretty rough going here. Mm-hmm. It's it's diff- This is 1919, so imagine the roads um, that really weren't or trails. They were awful. Yeah, they were bad roads at the time, and they're trying to take the entire you know the, the army from coast to coast or wherever it was. Um, it took him a long, long time, and he noticed that the roads were in terrible shape. Well, later, um, he was in World War II as uh, he was serving, again, as the uh, commander of the Allied Forces. And he noticed that the uh, Autobahn, which you mentioned earlier, it was in uh, just spectacular shape. It was a, it was an unbelievable highway, a super speed highway. Um, what was the term you used the moment ago? Oh, super, super highway. Super highway. Autobahn is a super highway, and uh, we had nothing like it at the time. Uh, now we do, but or similar, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but so th- that comes from that, you know, when he was in Germany and he saw these these highways and how they could be used as a defense mechanism. You know, that we could we could use them for um, bringing troops from coast to coast if we, if we needed to quickly, and uh, that was, so it became a matter of defense for the United States. Oh, you're good. You're spot on, Mr. Benjamin. You're reading my mind here because that's one thing that a lot of people these days don't think about when we think about the interstate system. Mm -hmm. We don't realize that the main reason this happened, and until, I believe, until Three Gorges Dam, that project in China, Mm -hmm. until Three Gorges Dam occurred, which it's still in the process of, I believe, uh, until that moment, the interstate system was the largest public works project in history. No kidding. Counting the Great Wall. Really? Yeah, I mean, think about it. This is this is part of the interstate system is part of what we call the national highway system. And that's around 160,000 miles of roadway, probably more now, actually probably. So that's every highway system within the United States and the boundaries of the United States. Right. Well, now it's now it's more than that. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's around there. And that's not counting, of course, every road. We have nearly 4 million miles of paved roads. Whoa. Whoa. So how big is the this is the Eisenhower Interstate System is a smaller part of the mm. national highway system, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a subset. And how big is, do you know how big the Eisenhower system is? I will in a second. <laughs> I can tell you, you know what? I can tell you what they started out with. Great. Okay, so in, you know, 1938 when they were getting this thing rolling, they had a report done that looked into the feasibility of three east and west north-south superhighways. And they were uh, originally supposed to be toll systems. And they said that won't work. So instead, they advocated about 26,700, so a little less than 28,000 miles of a highway network. By 1944, this had gone to a little under 34,000 plus another 5,000. So we're already at 40,000. And so the number continues to skyrocket up. Right now, it's a little bit difficult to estimate Mm -hmm. because the information we have 
is confounded by the continuing development. That's the thing, man. This is, this is the funny part here. They thought that this would be done by 1975. <laughs> okay. And they thought it would be about uh, 30 to 40 uh, billion dollars in 1958 money. Okay. And Whoa, that's a lot of money in 1958. Yeah, yeah. But that's a huge project. It it's really is. It's a huge is. project. Enormous. Biggest ever. Until it, the Three Gorges well, Dam. Until the Three Gorges Dam, yeah. as we know. Yeah, now, so, okay, I happen to know the numbers for right around now, or I, at least a 1991 estimate. Awesome. A 1991 estimate um, was about $128.9 billion. Now, remember, that's based on that uh, $30 billion estimate that came out in 1958. So yeah. here we are... Um, was it would it be almost twenty years after, mm-hmm. um, after the proposed ending date of the project? And actually, we're we're a lot longer than that now. We're uh, we're up near thirty five years, um, thirty six years past the date when they thought it would be done. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's still not complete. No, there will, are will there, it be? there are pieces that are complete. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it ever will be complete. I think I think the original plan or what is was laid out um, to a certain point mm-hmm. um, will be complete soon. But um, I think there's just one remaining stretch left. And that's about it. Um, so hopefully this thing will wrap up here in 2010 yeah, or we'll sometime see. soon. But, um, yeah, anyways, it's still an, an ongoing project, but one that's now, you know, coming up on 52 years, I believe. Yeah, yeah it's uh, – let's see. Yeah, I think you're just right. Yeah. And, and you know, we've seen uh, so much evolution in terms of the advantages – uh, that it gives to the average American mm-hmm. or even the average business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a big argument for that. But then we've also seen a lot of obstacles sprout up. And we've seen pretty much, I, I think it wouldn't be outrageous to say that our interstate system is one of the contributing factors to America's uh, superpower status during the during the Cold War and the post-Cold War. Mm, I believe that. I mean, it, it freed us up as a country to travel. It freed up um, a lot of commerce because people were – I don't know if that's the right way to say that or not, but mm. a lot of people were able to base industries on where these roads led to on the coasts. Yeah. And, um, of course, you know, it linked our, our military system together because they're all all of our bases are located near main highways. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you really look at this thing laid out um, in a logical fashion – it makes perfect sense. In fact, you know what? I'm going to shuffle some paper here for just a second, but I've got a surprise for you, and uh, you haven't seen this yet. Take a look I at that. I haven't seen this. What Take a is look at this? that. I've got, and before, you know, because this, uh, this is audio only. Okay. If, if our listeners want to go to um, strangemaps.com, you can find a layout of the U.S. Inter- interstate system. It's laid out like a, uh, like a subway map. Yeah, and it's very logically laid out. It's very simple. It's very simplified, but it's the Eisenhower Interstate System. So go to strangemaps.com, look up the Eisenhower Interstate System, and you'll find this map. It's an orange map with uh, the major cities and all of the main routes listed, um, north, south, east, west, and with numbers. And it's laid out in this grid work where you can see how it links uh, cities to cities, and you can see which ones go from. Mm-hmm. You know, coast to coast and from north to south, you can see all of I-75 here. That's the one that runs through Atlanta. Um, 20, which goes all the way out to uh, past Dallas, as a matter of fact. It goes down to El Paso, starts over in Columbia. Um, just, it, It's really a neat map, but it, it shows amazing. you how everything goes here. I'm going to put this up on my uh, cubicle wall. Yeah, can I have it, this one? You can keep that copy, right. yeah. But uh, if you print one of these out, it, it, it easily, lay, it just quickly, easily lays out which main routes 
connect to which cities. And and it this map is it, it blew me away when I saw it. it really I might did. just I, you know what I might just tape this uh, top the dashboard of my car. <laughs> not, a, not a bad idea. Not a bad it's not. Idea. Uh, yeah, it doesn't give you any distances or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool. It's laid out so you know you don't see the outline of the United States, but you get the rough feel for where um, where everything is. And the, the really cool thing about this is is the numbering system. Oh, you read my mind. So okay, hit so, us with that because you you can see it clearly in this mm-hmm. map. You can see it illustrated in this map. It looks a little bit a uh, little bit more tricky than it actually is when you look at a regular road map Mm -hmm. but we're scott and i are going to reveal to everyone who doesn't know yet the secret method to the madness behind the numbering themes it's extremely logical it's extremely logical it just doesn't look that way until you see it simplified you know what you're looking for even numbers travel east to west so or travel east west uh I-10, for instance, goes from Jacksonville to Los Angeles. This mm-hmm. is a great map, Scott. Mm-hmm. And odd numbers go north to south. So that would be, for instance, I-75. Which goes all the way down to Fort Myers. And all the way up. All the way up to, uh, well, probably right to Canada. I think up it goes to, to Canada. To Canada, yeah. And then uh, lower-numbered routes are generally located in the south and west. Higher-numbered routes are usually in the north and east. So as a result, you can kind of trace the numbers. You know, there's I-8 from San Diego to... Nogales, and then there's, uh, you know, all the way up to I-89 or I-93 mm-hmm. over there uh, with Concord and White River Jet. Mm-hmm. I am loving this map. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> and then so so you can see how it forms a grid. And uh, and there's very few exceptions to that. There's only few. There's only a couple. Only couple. And uh, really the exceptions are, are you know, you, you can spot them on this map, but you have to look for them pretty hard. So, um, again, take a look at the map. It'll, it'll lay everything out clearly for you. And then, you know, that, that gets into the... Well, I think you mentioned this, though. The east-west ones go, begin in the south, and they go to the north. Yeah. The, uh, the north-south roads, odd ones, begin in the west and move to the east. Mm-hmm. And then there are these... Uh, these uh, arterial highways. I don't. I mean, forget the name of them. They're exactly. like spurs. Sp- yeah, spurs. That's right. Or loops. Sometimes loops, is what they're yeah. called. Like we have two eighty five. Exactly. It's a three digit code, and mm. the, the three digit code numbers, which you can you know use to let's say you exit, you come down on seventy five into Atlanta, you exit on two eighty five. It'll take you all the way around the uh, the perimeter mm. of the the outside of Atlanta, so that you don't have to go through the downtown traffic. Two eighty five is just one example. There are other examples, you mm. know, of three digit code numbers that. Um, that makes sense. Three-digit yeah. streets that go or highways that go around major cities. So you can always look for that. And, you, and if you if you really think about the numbering system and the way this all works, if you can if you can think about it in you know just everyday use when you're driving in your city, you'll realize how 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 much easier that makes it to get around. You'll mm-hmm. know where certain roads are in comparison to other ones. If you're on um, 75 and you want to get to uh, you want to get to 65, uh, you know that that's a you, you need you need to head west. Um, it's that's oversimplified, I understand, but you know that it's west from the point you are on I-75. It's never going to be on the east side of you. That's a great point. I think Eisenhower would be happy if he could hop in the car in Jacksonville now and just drive. <laughs> yeah, I think so. There's a quick piece of trivia. There are only five uh, state capitals that are not on the interstate system. And one of these, I think, may have changed. Uh, Alaska, Delaware, um, is that Missouri? Jefferson City, sorry. No kidding. And uh, Carson City, Nevada, though that one is the one that may have changed, and Pierre, South Dakota. Hmm. 
So out of 50 states, there's only one that's not served by the interstate system. Interesting. I wonder we're, why that is. Why the why the five? Were they? Uh, I, I, I don't know. They were well, there. Again, they were there ahead of time. They yeah. were there. Yeah, they were. Yeah, it's not like they've, uh, they've changed the state capital in mm. the meantime. And we 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 have a little bit more than 1,200 rest areas. Uh, and then I got to tell you, man, I we have some people who listen to us uh, from across across the globe and so we don't want to leave you guys out because we know we're talking about a u.s interstate system mm-hmm. we're going to compare just very quickly uh the way this was i've, I've got information from about 1994 95 mm-hmm. so it's changed a lot but the united states in 1994 was leading the world uh in the realm of super highways and the mileage there was nearly 10 times that of former West Germany, 12 times out of France, 20 times out of Japan, and nearly 30 times that of the United States, or United Kingdom, excuse me. Wow. And this is the weird part, Scott. Um, California, Florida, Illinois, New York, Pennsylvania, and Texas had at least as much mileage as the entire United Kingdom. No kidding. It makes sense Whoa. if you think about it, just because of the sheer size of the states. Yeah, yeah, of course. And one other thing that's also interesting about that is... Um, Four of the UK's largest urban areas at that time uh, were not connected by superhighways to the rest of the rest of the area, and that would be Glasgow, Edinburgh, Aberdeen, and Newcastle on Tyne. Oh gosh, I, I hope I pronounced those correctly. Yeah, we'll see. Close enough for me. Let's let's blame it on the Yankee accent. That's <laughs> fine. Yeah, um, and so this really, if you think about it, this ease of transportation um, has really contributed a lot of positive things to. To our nation, and it's funny when you think about how how above performance or how above expectations the interstate is performed. For instance, if you look at the the breakdown of transportation in the United States, right? The interstate makes up at this time a little bit more than one percent of roads and rail. So Amtrak and then everything wow. except our driveways, you know. But it's used uh, it. It takes up in terms of market share 23%. So that's you have 1% of the actual roads are interstate systems, yeah. but 23%. Um, of all travel? Mm-hmm. All travel. So 23% of all travel is, is accomplished on the roadway system, the, yeah. the, the highway system. Yeah. Each, over the, each year, about 1 trillion person miles, so that's like the miles a person travels, 1 trillion person miles go on the interstate highway system. Did you say trillion with a T? Trillion with a T. Wow. Yeah, and over the 40 years, um, and this again is 1994, so it's even more now, there's more than 17 trillion person miles. Scott, that's enough to, uh, for everyone living in California, New York, Texas, and New Jersey to take a trip to the moon. <laughs> oh, no kidding. Wow, what trillion? I, we haven't hear, paved there yet, trillion. though. Don't yeah, get excited. Okay, well, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a rough road. And that's we're talking about each lane of the interstate in an urban area yeah. can move between twenty five hundred and four thousand people an hour. Wow, wow, that's impressive. You can believe that looking in Atlanta, though. Yeah, that's right? true. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we've got some uh, serious interchanges here, like uh, nice wide roads and um, mm-hmm. I don't know, interesting stuff. I I, I had no idea that a trillion person miles is that how yeah. you put it? Yeah. Trillion person miles every year. Interesting. Very yeah, good. that's a that's an interesting statistic. You know, one other thing you know, we haven't yeah. mentioned this yet, and I think we, I think we need to say this is that it, it wasn't named until 1990. Oh, we um, do need to mention uh, that President George H. W. Bush, uh, mm. so the first Bush in office, um, signed Public Law 101-427 to honor Eisenhower, 
and he called it officially. Um, so here's the official name, and here's where the defense comes back in again, because you don't really think of it every day. Right. It's officially called the Dwight D. Eisenhower National System of Interstate and Defense Highways. So uh, it's, it's right in the uh, right in the name still. And again, we haven't really had an opportunity to use it because all of this began after World War II, mm-hmm. and we haven't really been uh, well. We have been involved in wars, but we haven't been involved in wars that have involved um, you know our mass movement of our military machine to mm-hmm. you know shores to protect us at this point. So um, I mean, thankfully. But, um, you know, if it's ever put to the test, we've got it in place and ready to go. Which really is, uh, it really is, again, we can't emphasize the, we cannot overemphasize the benefits that this system has had to the United States. Um, I've got a little list. Okay. I love okay. Them. All right. Love uh, list. And this is, okay. I hope the listeners aren't confused because I'm not reading the list because I always read the list. I, well, you know, it's New Year, huh? This yeah. is... Uh, from an article by Wendell Cox and Gene Love, uh, 40 Years of the U.S. Interstate Highway System, The Best Investment a Nation Ever Made. That's, right. that's the title. I agree. So they, they argue that this, the, this system increased business investment, which is a point you brought up earlier, Scott, increased employment opportunities um, and gave people more mobility, uh, which led to expanded housing opportunities and the ability to take multi-purpose trips, mm-hmm. you know, take the kids to soccer while you're on the way to get groceries, while you're on the way to, you know, go to church or whatever. Mm-hmm. And greater mobility for low-income citizens, which I think is a very good point. This really freed up people who normally would not have access to greater travel because they couldn't afford to with the cost of travel before the interstate. Mm. And then they argue it improved access to health care, improved security, and gave greater leisure time and broadened vacation options. I definitely agree with that last point. What I love about the interstate is I can get up in the morning and don't tell on the boss to me. If I call in sick, who knows how far I can get in 24 hours, Scott? <laughs> 20, who knows? Really, 24 hours, you can get a long way on the interstate. Yeah, really. you can. You, can. Yes, you, sir. Could, uh, you could be in, I don't know, Colorado or something. You can drive to uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico in 21 hours. <laughs> really? Yeah. You figured this out, huh? A little so bit know, more than 21. You know exactly how far you would go. Well, you have to switch out drivers. Look in Las Cruces if anybody's listening. <laughs> that's where it will be. So um, that's, some of the, that's some of the stuff that I've got, and I, I believe in a lot of it. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. So what do you think, Scott? You think this was worth the investment, the you know what? I tremendous do. investment? I do, and like you said, it, it, it spawns uh, you know, new business along the way and, mm. and jobs and opportunity. And it's not just building the road. We're not talking about just the construction of the highway. That's where the jobs are. Right. We're talking about um, getting people to different places. Let's say that you know, these uh, tourist towns have sprung up you know, sure. where, at the end of these roads on the coasts. Um, and that, that, of course, leads to employment and, of course, to, um, you know, the, the hotels being built where people want to go and stay and spend their money. And The gas just, stations. The gas stations along the way. And um, I, I guess just all the little towns that before this were inaccessible or, you know, they were accessible, but they were just, it was such a long way to go. You, it would be such a hardship to get to that mm-hmm. place. Um, now it's a lot easier. And I, I use the highway system all the time, mm-hmm. um, back and forth between here and Michigan. Um, That's right, it's, yeah. It's a direct route. It's it's quick. It's uh, it's simple drive. Stay on one road the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, can't beat it. One, one last statistic. Cox and Love estimate that uh, for every $1 invested in the interstate system, not the bigger national highway system, but mm-hmm. the interstate system, we've seen a $6 return over no time. No kidding. Yeah, that's, I mean, those are great odds. Those Fantastic. are crazy. Yeah, but then again, 
you know, this was in 1994, and there's a lot of work that we've put into the interstate system since then. Yeah. So who knows? Numbers are a little off at this point. Numbers but, uh, are a little but, off. But it, to that point, it had a six, uh, well, 600% return. Is that right? That would be about right. Is that right? 500%? I don't know. Whatever, something like that. I'm no economist. <laughs> I am, as far as this podcast goes, I'm completely a fanboy, man. I love the interstate system. I, every year... I figure out where I'm going to drive. And sometimes it's not even that far. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, this year I did go to Panama City just on a whim. I woke up one Saturday and I said, eh, why not? And then uh, just a few weeks ago, back in 2009, I drove down to Savannah. Fantastic. I do the same thing. I take as many road trips as I can. Mm -hmm. um, often rely on the highway system to get to a you know, central point and then from there take smaller day trips to wherever I, I need to go. Um, I enjoy the smaller roads and just for the scenery mm -hmm. and the, yeah. uh, the twists and turns and uh, just, I guess, the surrounding, less congested. But uh, when you need to get somewhere quickly, mm -hmm. the interstate system is, is the way to get there. The way to go. We have nothing bad to say about it. No. Nope. Uh, I guess then, if we're, if we're wrapping up this, what do you feel like doing, Scott? You feel like some listener mail? I do. Okay, Scott, Thomas writes in and... He was listening to our podcast on roller coasters, and he wanted to bring up a point about the brakes. Um, we had earlier mentioned uh, hydraulic brakes on roller coasters, or where the clamp comes in, and he points out that roller coasters often use a magnetic device. So they have this aluminum fin that goes through, and when a magnet moves past aluminum, it creates resistance. Do you know what he's talking about? You know, I've seen them. Yes, yep. I have. It's the, the single fin on the bottom, kind of like a rudder on a sailboat would be. Mm -hmm. Not that deep, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, when it gets to a certain area, it goes into a channel, and the channel pr uh, provides a clamping force against that uh, that fin. And that's what he's talking about, right? I, and you I hear you so. hear them activate. You hear them kind of a, a outrush of air yeah. as, they, as they grind through, and you can see the car slow down, or it dramatically slows down at that point. So we Plus, you always know where north is. You always know. <laughs> You always know where North is. Uh, so, Thomas, thank you for writing in. You really did make a great point there. And for anybody else who's listening, guys, thanks so much for sticking with us in 2009. Tell us what you want to hear about in 2010. And the best way to tell us is to write in at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. I'm Jordan Gonsalves, and I'm a journalist. Join me on my new podcast, but we loved, where queer elders recount the amazing history they've lived through. In the middle of Wall Street, they stopped traffic. They were doing a die-in. Right. Right. And in the process, share little gems of wisdom for the next generation. The key is to understanding yourself, learning to love and embrace yourself. You can listen to But We Loved on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Clam 
comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. That's right.